0: Hello there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you, to you, to you, what a little trip up, from a rainy, windy Key Largo. And if you're not familiar with the podcast, the podcast about bartending the keys and keys life. And I didn't talk about the keys recently, we, we are rainy and windy, it's going to be, we're in the midst of a five-day, just bad weather it's it's wednesday it's going to be going through to monday so i really i empathize with the people that are taking their vacations right now down here i guess if the wind does die down they can go out and do some uh, scuba diving but with the you know it's windy it is uh, boats don't like going out with this uh type of weather so Uh, This past week, we're on our way to Christmas and then Hell Week, they call it, and we had our, uh, there was a bunch of events in the Keys, like there are in a lot of different uh, places, especially along the water. They had a boat parade here in Key Largo, and they had uh, a nice selection of boats. The wife and I went to Rouse Marina. It's a public park here on the bay side where it took place in blackwater sound and they had boats that were decorated as you know what a boat parade is for you know with theme they did a really nice job and right afterwards they had a fireworks display and where we were there was about 100 people there but it was spread out the whole boat parade goes for a mile or two uh along blackwater sound so it was a lovely night it was temperate In the uh, mid to low 70s, I was talking to my brother right prior to the boat parade, and I was saying how there was a bit of chill in the air, being 74 degrees. But that's that's pretty nice down here, considering how warm and muggy it's been for a while. Now it's kind of damp and muggy, uh, mid-70s. It's kind of such a bore to really talk about the weather, isn't it? Though, I wanted I wanted to start out with. Uh, I wanted to mention a little later on, so I remember mentioning. I just accidentally picked up on a f- podcast out of London, and I'll talk about it later. But I really enjoy. I've enjoyed podcasting, and it seemed like this uh, young fellow, younger fellow, uh, who's in. Uh, London right now, and it sounds like he's moving to uh, back to Ireland. He's an Irish fellow. So it sounds like he does it for similar reasons that I do it, but he comes at it from a little different direction. Uh, What I'd like to talk to today when it pertains to bartending is the Christmas-themed cocktails. And a lot of people on my Bar feeds on my social, uh, the the pages and groups, uh, bartending groups that belong to the people say, hey, you got any suggestions for Christmas cocktails? And I'm thinking, geez, you know, you have the internet. You have the internet. And the way I feel about these cocktails is take cocktails that are traditionally good that people order, like a nutty Irishman or nutty Irish coffee, or the coffee drinks, or maybe something based with can- cranberry or something uh, like mulled wine, traditional ones, so I'd stay away from eggnog. Because eggnog, just think about it. If eggnog was that great a drink, it would, it would, be, it would be around all year uh, long. It, it seems like eggnog is one of those things people stomach during Christmas. And I did too. But then again, I was a problem drinker. I would never drink eggnog if they didn't have booze in it. And then to this day, since I don't drink liquor anymore, I don't feel the need to drink eggnog. Mm, sorry about that, if you're fans of eggnog. Uh, one, uh, one of the posts I was reading, they said, my, uh, my manager bought was intending to buy a bottle of peppermint schnapps for the holidays and they ended up getting a case of peppermint schnapps and they wanted those different drinks to make with it and there's a lot of different drinks you can make with peppermint schnapps there's very few good drinks you can make with it now first of all yes of course you may listener says oh i like peppermint Really? How many times do you drink peppermint schnapps? And people use it. I guess they use it uh, for peppermint schnapps for mouth uh, mouthwashers. I was going to say shots, but it, it tastes like mouthwash, right? Toothpaste, and or candy canes. Which I do like candy canes, but I don't really want when I when I was drinking. I wanted a drink that taste like a drink, not like a candy cane. And the thing about these themed drinks. They're seasonal. It's like shamrock shakes. If shamrock shakes were that great, they'd be available all year round, and they bring them back, and then people go and get shamrock shakes because it's the thing to do, not necessarily because it's great. Now, if you're a fast food place, like if the Mc- I'm going to bring it on, it, you say the McRib sandwich has nothing to do with the holidays. I said no, but it's something they bring back every so often. McDonald's does a macarib sandwich. And it's kind of like a a, you know pork Uh, product that has barbecue sauce on it and put in a bun. And the reason why they don't have it all year round is it doesn't move that much, so they keep it. They hold it back, and then they offer it the McRib sandwich back. And then you order one, and then you may have another one, and then you go, "Why did I eat that McRib sandwich?" Because trust me, if it was popular. McDonald's would serve it. They don't even serve the cherry pie. I used to love the cherry pie. They only have the apple pie now. I used to burn my mouth on the cherry pie all the time at McDonald's. So all these drinks, and as I said, that person who was asking questions about the peppermint schnapps, and they accidentally, uh, instead of ordering one bottle, they got a case of it, and I didn't get a particular question about it. It was like a group question, but I said, uh, my comment was, when do you plan on retiring in the next 10 to 15 years? Because I expect when you retire, there'll still be about six bottles of that peppermint schnapps in your inventory. You will not be able to get rid of it. And there's always bottles like that. So whenever, if you are going to do a Christmas themed Drink. Use the liquor that you have. I never really understand when people get these things to, just to get it. Uh, a green cream to mint. Years ago, you used to have grasshoppers. And yes, if you're an Irish bar and you want to make a green drink, it's great. But then again, you can use green food coloring in almost any drink, oh, as long as it's not red or anything like that, a clear drink or a cream drink, and make it green. You don't really need green mint and mess it up with the mint because there's not a lot of mint drinks out there. There's a stinger uh, but you don't use green mint with it. You know, there's a grasshopper. So getting these particular themed alcohols that you'd only use during a season, and even in that season, you're not using it all, is a recipe for expanding your inventory. And every time you have to inventory your liquor, you'll be looking at that four-fifths bottle of peppermint schnapps, and the next year it'll be uh, three-fifths, maybe three-fifths. Then, or you know, maybe next year oh, it's oh, still three-fifths. Bottle. and then the labels start falling off because you keep on wiping, you got to dust it, and then you, you know, years later, you'll see it, it'll look like it was in the uh, they recovered it from the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. It was laying underwater for years. No. I would suggest stick with your inventory. Stick, use the inventory you have, put some mixers in it. Each year, what I do, I, when I'm asked to create a drink i think about if it's a cooler night we've had some cooler nights and now we had a popular one we had cranberry we had apple juice and we had cinnamon and you can maybe get you know like cinnamon sticks or something like that because you can always use that stuff cinnamon's always around in the kitchen if you have a a bar and you can use uh maybe a little nutmeg. and you can make a spiced uh, a spiked cranberry drink. Hot? Yeah, it's a great one. Or something with brandy. A right? hot toddy. Or when you put uh, whipped cream on the top of some drink, if it's a hot drink, coffee drink, or a frozen drink, you can you can sprinkle that green cream to mint that you still have. I expect... If you ever get a bottle of green cream to mint, expect to see that for a while. Just like if you're working in an older bar, there's this bottle that when you get new bartenders in, and you go, what the hell is Galliano? Or Anizette, unless you have like a 90-year-old Italian man coming in, and he wants to have Anizette so he can put it on his oysters. Right? It's just one of those drinks It's just don't chop And you always have, it, it's, it's, it seems to be liqueur because liqueur is really hard to push when you, don't ha- when you don't really need it. I always suggest that you stick to the main ones, keep your inventory lean. Obviously, if someone's willing to give you something, take it. But sometimes it's not even worth taking things if it's going to be sitting around. I've had bottles. I specialize in looking at the inventory and there's bottles left behind. And I'll say, what can I make from this? And I said, what you do is you price it to move. You price it to move. I'm not saying like $2 peppermint schnapps. You know, you don't want people puking at the bar. I'm just saying making a drink and use your entry-level vodka and maybe that liqueur and make something out of it and get it out of there and say, you know, farewell, um, don't darken my door again, Mr. whatever, cucumber rum. Or there are some interesting things that people just think that would be a great idea. Like cucumber vodka, that, that kind of did it you now. Uh, cucumber, they're fatty, F-A-D-D-Y. And they're popular in the moment. It's like the musical chairs of bottles. You end up getting it. We've had regulars uh, that wanted a certain type of gin. It was a flavored gin. And we ended up getting the case of it because they said they absolutely love it. And you know what? The one person that drank it, within a month, stopped drinking it. I've had beer that I had to push when Poma says this beer is really good or this vodka is, Oh, this, this Australian vodka, this Australian vodka is incredible. I have this Australian vodka and they come in here once a month. They come into the restaurant once a month and then they order the one drink and the bottle stays there for two, three years. Now, Unless you're one of those people that like to have knickknacks around in your house, tons of things, so you have something you can dust or spend hours uh, you know every time you dust, take picking it up and dusting it off. My grandmother used to collect Hummels, and Hummels are little figurines made by these German nuns who weren't well, hopefully they weren't involved in the Holocaust. But there are depictions of little German kids from it looks like the late 1800s and they're dressed as hobos uh, uh stagecoach drivers shepherds uh, milkmaids and little figurines and my grandmother used to collect them and she put them on a the display case and every year you take them out, and you'd have to dust them off and then her friends her other her I love my grandmother, I do. but her other eighty year old friends would come over and admire those collectors. my And then my other grandmother, my maternal, that was my paternal, she collected spoons, little spoons. They look like Gerber spoons size of them. But I guess whenever you go someplace, I don't know if they still have them. If I don't know where you'd find them in the age of the pre-internet uh travel related spoons. You go to Yosemite Park. Do you sell a collector spoon for Yosemite Park? Yes, spoon. And they would collect them. And my um my maternal gr- grandmother had uh, a display case and it would hold about a hundred spoons and you hang them up there. And I remember one time uh getting up from my chair, it was in the kitchen in my grandmother's kitchen and I got up my shoulder hit it and knocked all the spoons out of it and my grandmother was a kind person but she did try to ask me to put them in order and i said how how, how what order did they go in is it alphabetical order or is it no it's the order that i got them in and i said how would i know that Grandma? i didn't say it like that i probably probably didn't but all these things what i'm trying to illustrate is that they're there to collect dust so when you're making a drink Use the ingredients you had. And if you need to decorate, get some sprinkles. Get some sprinkles. You can use some sprinkles on it. You make it, and then there's a Christmas thing on top of your whipped cream. There you go. Because eventually, every time you do that, you're going to do it. You're going to start doing it for St. Patrick's Day, 4th of July, whatever, red, you know, red white, and blue, and all that. And, and then what you end up, it, if you stay in business for a while, and you do it every, every time you order, you get someone who wants to feature a bottle, and then you end up with about uh, you know 40 bottles that you feel that you have to go through. And then you got to feature them or do something and try to move them. And I, I, was, I was pretty good at that, but I, I'd rather just have a streamlined inventory so you can keep more of the things you make your money with. You want to have more of the liquor that you make your money in. You don't want to have excess room taken up in your inventory with bottles that don't really move and just take up space. Because you may need that room for your citrus Smirnoff. You need to get 20 bottles of citrus Smirnoff, but you have, um, you know, eight bottles of apricot brandy. Okay, I'm going to take a little break now and I'll be right back. So here we are, we are back again, and I wanted to talk to you about this show. Uh, I came across uh, the other day, I was in my car, and I wanted to listen to my favorite NPR show. I know, and if you listen to my rather eclectic interest in shows, I like history podcast, I like movie podcasts, I like current events, news, I I I wouldn't mind hearing a, a book podcast and NPR. There's there's you know TED talks and all those things. I sound particularly boring, don't I? I do. I do sound particularly boring, but I, I do have that eclectic taste. And if I tell you about this, I want to first tell tell the listeners here, it is not for everyone this podcast. I found it funny, and you uh, you may not find it funny, and it's not for the delicate of heart to listen to this podcast. It's called "This Irish American Life." You can tell how, when I was looking for "This American Life," I came across this in the car. I was stopped at a light. I hit it, and I said it was a—it was a three-leaf clover. With the American flag, and what it was, it was a podcast uh, created by these two comedians, and they met. It's uh, I, I think it's a husband and wife, uh, Catherine and Mark, and Mark's the one that's doing it. Mark is Irish, and uh, Catherine was is American. I don't know. I'm not necessarily. I'm in a. I'm, i am in went through about ten of his episodes. They're both comedians. They met at the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh, Scotland. I think that was Edinburgh, Scotland. That's where the Fringe Festival is. It's uh and and the comedy there is a little for some people's taste, a little extreme. I find it interesting and refreshing. And if you give it a listen, if if you're of that similar ilk as I am, you might really shine to it. I'm going to talk to it in just a moment. I'm just going to pause this, and I'm going to be back. Another scammer. I, you know, Every time I pause, I think because it's right around 2.30 now, my daughter's getting out of school that I'm going to um, – she might have an emergency with the car or something like that, or it could be for my wife. So I stop, and I go over and look at my phone. I don't want to have my phone right here because I don't want to be distracted. And here I am being distracted. So let's get back to the podcast. So I'm reading it, and uh, fortunately I do say I, I'm explicit, but you know, some words I don't use, like I don't like to say the C word the way the British and the Irish like to use the C word, and I don't mean cock. Okay? I don't have a problem saying pussy, dick, uh, fuck, shit, all that stuff, but the that c word from that harsh, but they don't, they don't use it that way. The British and they use it as assholes, instead of the the c word for them is similar to asshole or dickhead. Uh, but I just can't use it. But I think it's I I really I get it. I get it when I hear. So um, to get back to the beginning, it's Mark and Catherine. Uh, it said they in, in the intro to the show, and it describes it, it says they banged at the um Edinburgh Festival. And Mark, uh, is doing the I guess in the last couple months, it's only a year or so old, and they only, it usually runs anywhere from eight minutes to 13 minutes. And I'm listening to him, and some of it, a lot of the things. Uh, I am not outraged by the things people say. I try to get their meaning behind it and put it in context. But some people are very sensitive about hearing about things, so that's why I say if you don't like it, don't listen to it. And you know, and I apologize to Mark if if you know obviously some of my listeners may not like it but it is it's out there it's interesting the guy um i he he was saying things he uh he comes he'll attack people on the right and the left and he has some interesting uh political views but I find him hilarious. He'll start out and he has a little sound effects going on. He lets you play this air horn sound effects uh, going, and he has some, you hear some people in the background going, I want milk, milk. And it's saying China, China. I think it was, that's Donald Trump. He thinks Donald Trump's, he calls him an orange guy. So I think we know what he thinks about him. So uh, the other one was, uh, I, I don't remember everything that is, is said, but it's really uh, an uh, a interesting intro. And it's just like a dialogue with kind of like what I do for a couple minutes about a recounting of his day. He's a stand-up comedian and he does some jobs, he was doing jobs and working in London, and he hangs out with his friends, his drinks. I don't know if he does a lot of drugs, but he does talk about drugs a lot. He seems to be about in his 40s, and he's, and I guess at one time he really liked ecstasy. And you know, back in the 90s, who didn't like ecstasy? I mean, I mean if you're on the, I guess maybe a lot of you guys didn't like ecstasy, but I was into it for about three months. did ecstasy, and I guess back in the eighties, early nineties, I did a little coke and uh so that that was pretty much the extent and I guess i did the I did a little diet pills at a time, but it wasn't something that uh you know my true my true thing that I really uh, abused was alcohol because i walked away from coke and and ecstasy and um diet pills i use the diet pills because they you know the speed It just when you're working a couple times i was working 100 100 hours a week and stuff like that but they, it's not about drugs he, he, that, he when he talks about drugs he talks about referencing he references drugs and he talks about the gigs he did. He did one gig he, t- he talked about was working a Filipino house party. And oh, there's another phone call, a Filipino house party. And he shows up and it's uh, he and a friend are hired to do crowd work. And I heard reference to that crowd work is just mingling with people and talking in a group and you know interacting with people not doing a set like you would in a uh, yeah on a stage so mark stoney talks about it and then and he shows up and he says well it turns out they're not filipino and uh, he, he just goes on about bringing mulled wine and cheese. I think he said mulled wine because he has a rather thick Irish accent. And I, uh, I was laughing. I was laughing the whole time. And some of the things he said were uh, he, he called some people retarded. He used the, um, uh, instead of calling people gay, he used the F word. But he didn't use it. He sounds like he doesn't like, uh, doesn't not like gay people. And he wasn't necessarily, when he said, uh, when he used the word, re- uh, and I'm going to say it, he was retarded. He, he, he's not talking about mentally handicapped. He's talking about subnormal intelligence and in people. He's talking about people that way. And he's not, he's not bound by that, uh, You know, that kind of woke thing. Actually, one episode, he talks about Oscar uh, Pistorius, the South African, the Blade Runner, the one, uh, he was a Paralympic sprinting champion, and about, I think, 13 years ago, he he was uh, accused and then convicted of murdering his girlfriend i remember i remember the story i didn't even i didn't uh he ended up uh i think breaking into she was hiding in the bathroom from him when he was in a fit of rage he ends up killing her and he ends up blaming a south uh a, a black south african for doing it when it was actually all the evidence pointed to him and that he's being released after 11 years and mark uh the comedian from this american this Irish american life says i'm um, i'm going to try to get him on the show and he said I, one of his comments was and he wanted to know how much she annoyed him and you know what that's pretty outrageous but when you're listening to the comedy there's not a lot you know comedy's comedy there's lighthearted comedy. I do corn and corn comedy. His is kind of, his is super edgy, kind of like, Aunt, you know, Jesselneck, or, and he's always been this way. This guy, Mark, he sounds like it, I, or uh, Daniel Tosh. And I think he's probably been around the longest, Daniel Tosh. This guy definitely has an edge about it. And he talks about politics and all that stuff. And uh, the one of his own, Uh, another podcast he was talking about in the future when my empire is uh, my my news empire my entertainment empire is uh all-powerful i will destroy my enemies and any of my detractors and he's talking about when he gets more faint and he what really touched me was in the first couple minutes when i heard him he mentioned there's about four people listen to my podcast. Now, there's more than four people listen to his podcast. He probably gets about half as much, half as many listeners as I have. But then again, I don't think he's been around much more than a year. And he does eight to 12 minutes. And it's like I, as I said, as i said it's a little outrageous his his humor, and his he, he ends up re- repenting he is uh he is, he purports to be a spiritual person but he he also mentioned something similar in some outrageous thing he says well uh he's saying he was praying to God, but if god doesn't listen to him he's going to take out this i i 'm paraphrasing and I'm apologize if Mark, if you're listening to this podcast, is that he would kill God. And if he got to kill God, would then he become God? Because that's the way it is. And he he always says he's of subnormal intelligence. He thinks the news should be pitched to people of subnormal intelligence. And he mentioned something about the hostage trade off. There were 13 Israeli hostages exchanged for 39 uh, Palestinians. And he said, I think, and I'm paraphrasing again, I think it's an accurate exchange rate. And he mentioned two to one, which, um, you know, Mark, when he said he was up subnormal intelligence, (laughs) and he said, because 13 to 39 is three to one. And I knew that automatically. I think... Mark is intelligent and he uses his, uh, he says these things that I'm subnormal intelligence because he says things that sound, he he uses that as a veil to protect himself. Because if I said something similar to that, people said, You're smarter than that, Jim. What do you do? And then I'm also thinking at the time, while I'm not laughing at it, is this a judgment against me that I find it funny? And then I thought, it does not not make me a bad person. I believe I'm a good person. I like to be titillated when I'm entertained. I'm a big boy. When someone says something, I could put it into context. I hear the whole thing he says. I listen to a couple of shows and think he's not a, uh, he he calls he calls people fascists. He has a problem with the left and the right, and he says some things that can piss off. He pisses off everybody, everybody, in a uniform fashion. And I I would normally be embarrassed by it. And I'm not saying this is my taste all the time. I enjoy people. I like John Mahoney. I enjoy his uh, sense of humor. I like eclectic humor. And it's like Picasso, right? Or Jackson Pollock. You have to look at the whole piece, the big picture to get it. So uh, I'm wishing this guy well. And I sent him, I think I I was trying to figure out how to get in touch with him. I think I went to their Instagram account. So he'd have to go and get, check his Instagram account to see if uh, he got a message because I couldn't, I, I'm looking. he always says, on his podcast that oh please I'm, I'm not getting any phone calls or emails and then i thought you know what you don't you don't really put your email out there so people can get a hold of you he just says at at you know you see this at so and so i guess maybe there is an email there i am kind of old uh so i i don't know how to say it, but i wanted to give him uh, a little encouragement because it was funny, and he and and another thing that really got me is he called uh, glasses the um, wheelchairs for eyes, wheelchairs for eyes. So my hats off to you, Mark. And uh, don't listen to the show if you're easily offended. Yeah, don't if you're if you're not easily. I mean, I think you're moderately. Yeah, you. You're, if you got offended before by things people say, this guy will offend you. So don't listen to it. Don't judge me that I find it funny because I can turn it off and on sometimes when I say turn it off. If I don't really like what I hear, I can just stop listening to it. Well, this is Jim the Keys, bartender. You have a great day. I'll be back.